Ooh, I love a good plot twist. And we are continuing our series called Plot Twist. And we're talking about the plot twists that we face in life and how to handle them. And last week, Pastor Brittany talked about one of the greatest plot twists that we can see in our life. And that is the plot twist of redemption, where we, we think we, we're too far gone. We think we've got, we, we're at the end of our life. We're at the end of our ropes. We don't know what else to do. And all of a sudden, we, we go to God and we turn to Jesus and we can turn it around and plot to us. We can start living out a life. And that's just, that is the best plot twist. And so we had the plot twist of redemption. And I love plot twists. And she talked about the greatest plot twist of all time, which was Star Wars plot twist. Luke, no, Luke, I am your father. It gets misquoted all the time. It's like, Luke, I'm your father. It doesn't say that. He says, no, Luke, I am your father. Okay, get it right if you're going to quote it, just so you, everybody knows in this place. But something I love about Star Wars is recently I got to introduce my son Wallace to Star Wars, okay? And we did it the right way. And I'm going to tell you what the right way is. We let him watch four, five, and six first, okay? Then we watch one, two, and three. Then we watch seven, eight, nine. And this is why you watch him in this order. If you're ever going to introduce somebody into this, you introduce it to them in this order. Because four, five, and six, for especially little kids, it's lame, okay? The lightsaber battles are lame. The acting isn't all that great, okay? And so you show them those. So that way, when you go to one, two, and three, it's cool and it's impressive. If you start with one and go one, two, three, and then all of a sudden you drop down to four, it's a major drop, okay? If you watch three and then four, huge drop. I know you don't care about this at all, but I'm going to keep talking. Now, nonetheless, so this is how I'm introducing these. And I've been watching Wallet, like watching all of these with Wallace. And so he's finally on number nine, Rise of the Skywalker, okay? Not a great movie. Not as bad as Last Jedi. But nonetheless, uh, we're camping, okay? And so we're really roughing it out there, okay? And the camper. And I got, uh, I, it was screen time because I, I, I wanted a break. And so I, I, we're out camping and I give them their tablets. And I'm like, here, watch something while I read a book or something. Because we're camping and I just wanted to relax for a minute. And so it's hilarious. So they all, they get their tablets, him and Molly, and they're all sitting in like, and we're in a camper. And he's sitting in the camper and he's watching. He's got his headphones on. And I can kind of, he's got it blaring, and I can kind of hear what's happening in the movie through his headphones because there's camping. There's no noise. But it's a fairly peaceful time. And he's just dead silent, right? Like the typical, like, zoned out watching, and he's not doing anything. And so I'm reading my book, and I'm just, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I hear, she's a Palpatine! And he freaks out. And he's got his headphones on, so he yells it at the top of his lungs, because you have no idea how loud you're talking. And he, like, took off his headphones and just had to, like, take a minute to absorb the fact that Ray was a Palpatine. And, like, it blew his mind, and it was a great plot twist for him. And I know, like, when we were watching it, we were like, Huh? But for him, he was stoked about it. And I was like, it made me feel pretty good. I was like, okay, it's not that bad. But man, those, what, what makes a good plot twist? And I think about some other plot twists that I remember. Like one, it, it always involves a character, right? And a good plot twist sets up a character. And you start getting emotionally like attached to this person or it's somebody you like or, or you're rooting for. And a lot of times like the, the betrayal of a character can be such a huge plot twist in the movies. For one, okay, the greatest one probably of your childhoods, all right? Frozen. When Hans is about to kiss Anna and everybody's happy, right, and all of a sudden he backs away, 
Great, Greg, you've got him. That was a plot twist. And we were so mad at Hans, and you didn't know what to do with yourself. You were just like, he's not good? What? Okay, that blew my mind. Or when in Coco, I don't know if anybody watched Coco. I watched Coco. But when Ernesto, we find out that it's Ernesto, the guy that played the guitar, who killed Miguel, the kid's, like, grandpa, to steal his music? By the way, what the heck, Disney? Why are you so dark, right? I, it's like these stories are so, it's a kid's movie, and I'm just like, don't cover your eyes, son. I'm sorry. I, I, it's crazy. I'd rather my kids watch Star Wars and Marvel movies than Disney because at least nobody's parents die. It's wild. I don't understand it. But plot twists, all right, in our life often involve people as well. It happens with people around us. Someone in our life is here one day and then gone the next. Or you're best friends with somebody this year. But last year, you didn't even know they existed. Tonight, we're going to talk about a little bit about what, what I experienced in my life and how there were some plot twists when it came to friendships and it came to, like, the people in my life and the plot twists I experienced. And so we're going to start all the way back in elementary school. And plot twist, private school is the worst, okay? Uh, it's so hard. I remember I, I started in preschool, kindergarten, first grade. All right, there are 20 kids in that class in the first grade or kindergarten. First grade, it's the same 20 kids. Then in second grade, it's also the same 20 kids. Third grade, yeah, it's the same 20 kids. And if you're not friends with those 20 kids in kindergarten, guess what doesn't change the entire time you're in elementary school? The fact that you're friends with these people, okay? So I'm at this private school all the way to sixth grade and there are these same 20 kids and I'm not friends really good friends with any of them. There was like, this group of boys were close friends and this group of boys were close friends. And I was like, hey. I, and sometimes these guys would be sort of cool and let me hang out. And then other times they wouldn't. And these guys, and so I was just felt like this weird, alone, stuck in the middle, didn't fit in with anybody. And it was really, really hard. And by the time I was in sixth grade, I went there again and I was just over it. Always feeling like the, oh, the one left out, the, uh, the extra kid, the one that didn't fit in. And here's the truth that you guys need to understand tonight is God wants you to have friends. He wants you to have people in your life. He doesn't want you to go through life alone. And he wants you to have those. He doesn't want you to isolate. He doesn't want you to live life where you're not connecting with other people. It says in Genesis, when, when, when Jesus, or when God created the heavens and the earth, he created all the animals, and then he planted man, and, or he created man, and he put him in the garden. And so then he gave Adam the job uh, to do all of that. And for a while, it seems like Adam was busy. He had to name all the animals. And he even got to hang out with God. It says that he would walk in the garden alongside with God. And so you think, man, that's a pretty great setup. But even God looked at Adam, and he said this in Genesis. He says, then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. And in the Bible, whenever we see man, we can, even, we can always just say, okay, it's, it's not good for anybody, a, a person, to be alone. And he wants you to have friends. He wants you to have friends that you can have fun with, that you can laugh with, that you can cry with. And it's not good for us to be alone. And, and we shouldn't do this life alone. We need people alongside of us. We need those people and different personalities. I get it. You might be of the personality who you just need, you just need one. 
As long as you got that one that you know that you're their best friend and they're your best friend and you guys are going to stick through it and, and that's, then that's, as long as you have that person, you're good and that's great. But maybe you're a person who's maybe a little bit more like me. I want all the friends. I want everybody to like me. I want all the friends. Like I have, I have really great friends. But if somebody else is over there, I'm like, what are you guys doing? I want to hang out with you too, okay? Like I don't know what kind of personality, but whatever your personality, whether you need one friend or you need 10 friends, it is something that we should make a priority in our life to find the right friends in our life. So back to my story. After sixth grade, I had had it. I was like, dad, mom, I can't do this anymore. This is the worst, all right? It's not going to change. It's not going to get any better. So let me move on. And plot twist, it's way easier to make friends in public school when there are like 200 kids in your class instead of 20. Because if you don't like this 20, just go hang out with that 20 or that 20 or that 20. It was amazing. I was able to make friends way easier in public school. And it was the best thing. And I immediately found this group of kids to hang out with. And... And they were, uh, they liked uh, trading Pokemon cards. Uh, they liked wolf t-shirts, uh, anime, um, you know, th- those types of people, okay? And, and I kind of liked that stuff too. I wasn't really into it, but I was like, sure. And at least I wasn't sitting alone in the cafeteria. I was like, sure, I'm going to sit with these kids because I'm not alone and that's great. And so I started hanging out with those kids, but I, I had some similarities to them. I like a few things, but they, they welcomed me in. I had a seat at their table. I was like, great, I like this. But as school went on, I, I started, I, I liked sports and I started getting involved in sports and basketball and I played football during recess, you know, and, and, I, and I was a good uh, runner in track. So the track season would come around and all of a sudden I'd, I'd start gaining a few more friends at that moment. And all of a sudden it re- I realized, well, I don't have to hang out with these kids because these kids are letting me hang out with them. And so slowly but surely through like seventh into eighth grade, I stopped hanging out with what we, we would maybe call like the nerdier kids and started hanging out with a little bit more of a popular, popular group. And by the time I was in eighth grade, man, I really peaked. Okay. I had, it didn't get much better than eighth grade, right? I, it was a big deal to me in middle school. I was pretty cool. Uh, I even told this cheerleader that I liked her, and she kind of liked me back, okay? <laughs> super, super excited about that one. But, but, but looking back, okay, I think I was just chasing acceptance. I think looking back, I was just like, who will accept me? I, I was so panicked and going, I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be alone. Who is out here? And I think if we aren't careful, we just gravitate towards acceptance, we just gravitate towards the first thing, the first group that's, that accepts us. You accept me? You, you accept me? Great. We are friends. That's, that's like all, all we put the thought and time and effort in. And maybe if we're honest, and at least I, I, I know I did this, is we, we look for the group that has the highest popularity that will accept us. We go, okay, and I did this, right? And I'm not proud of it. I'm not, a, I'm not saying I was the, the kindest person in seventh and eighth grade, but I said, oh, these people accept me. Let me be around them. And all of a sudden, wait, the, these people accept me? Okay. And I, and I began to move over to that other group. And, and neither of those groups really fit me, but I was just looking for acceptance. So this is what I would say. And here's something that I wish I would have known back then is when you experience a plot twist 
in your life and you need friends, whether that's, oh, I need, uh, I, I need, I'm at a new school and now I don't have any friends. Or you, you have a friendship drama and everybody, you have the friend breakups and now you're not friends with those same people and, and now you feel like you're, you need new friends or you move, you move and you go to a new town, whatever it is. When you're picking friends, don't just gravitate to acceptance. Don't just assume that where you are accepted is the best group of friends for you. Don't just assume that the first people that welcome you are the people that you need to or or should go through life with in that season. See, we, we don't really think about picking friends. When you don't really go like, oh, I, I think we should be friends, but here's an application, okay? I would like you to list out your hobbies, how you like to spend your time, your GPA, your family situation, and uh, if you can get back to me, get that back to me, I will review it, and I will get back to you within the week to see if we can be friends. We don't do that. We just go, you like me? Great! And all of a sudden, we are now best friends. And we don't go through this interview process, but maybe, maybe we do often pick friends just based on acceptance. Uh, and I know, obviously, someone, okay, someone wanting to be around you is an important part of having a good friendship with them. If they don't want to be around you, probably not going to work out as friends, okay? If you're just like, hey, do you want to hang out? And they're like, no. And you're like, too bad, all right? It's not going to go well. That friendship is not going to blossom into anything beautiful, okay? And I'm not saying don't be friends with people who accept you. That's not what I'm saying. And I'm not saying that acceptance doesn't mean a good friendship. But we do need to look at the type of people they are. Not just acceptance. That is necessary, but not just acceptance. Not just even similar likes and dislikes and hobbies, which, which also helps in relationships. Hey, I like this music. Hey, I like this music. Great, we're best friends. Or hey, I, I like playing video games. I like playing video games. What a coincidence. Great, we're best friends. Just because you have similar likes and dislikes doesn't necessarily mean that you should be best friends in that moment. Above all those things, those are necessary. Those are helpful to having a successful friendship. But above all those things, we need to look at their values. You got to look at their beliefs. You got to look at their, their morals. What kind of life choices are they making? Are, what, in school, are, are, they, do, are, they, are they getting the kind of grades that I want to get? Uh, is their relationship with their parents the type of relationship that I want with my parents? Is, is the type of language they're using the type of language that I want to do? Is, is the hobbies, the things that they spend their time doing, the same thing that I th- would want to spend my time with? Or, more importantly, Is it the right things that I should be spending my time doing? Because the story of your life depends heavily on the people you surround yourself with. It's a verse that we quote all the time in 1 Corinthians. It just says this, bad company corrupts good character. If you show me the five closest people to you in your life, I could tell a lot about the type of person you are. Because the truth is, is the five closest people in your life, your friends, your five closest friends, that's generally, you're going to be an average of those five people. If one of them gets great grades and one of them gets bad grades, you're probably going to be right in the middle. If one of them has a great relationship with their parents and one of them has a worse, bad relationship with their parents, you're going to probably be right in the middle. So what type of people you surround yourself with, your friends, gives 
is a deciding factor into what kind of life you are going to live. So let's jump back into my story. Peaked in eighth grade, right? Going great, all right? Now, I go, I'm supposed to go to Palisade High School, and there's nothing wrong with Palisade High School, okay? But I was supposed to go because I was supposed to be on the cross-country team, and I was supposed to be, like, the, the key piece to them having, like, a good team to go to, you know, to go and do the state, I don't know what it is. But nonetheless, turns out, I hate running. It's awful. It's the worst. Who runs, okay? And so as I was, like, trying to train through the summer, I was like, man, I don't like this. I don't want to do this, okay? So now I'm like, well, why am I going to Palisade? If I don't like to run, the only reason why I was going there was to run. Now, Central High School, I went to Grand Mesa Middle School. All my friends are going to Central High School. Why am I not going to Central High School? I had a blast with all of these people in eighth grade. Let's keep the good times rolling, and I'm going to hop into freshman year at Central High School, and we're going to have the best time ever. Uh, plot twist. None of those people talked to me ever, ever again once we got into high school. Not a one of them, okay? I was like, I was like, I had died to every, I don't know what happened during the summer of eighth grade, but I went from, hey, I have quite a few friends to no, uh, none. And I found myself out, found, found myself without many friends again. Thank God I had one friend. For a season there, I was the guy that had one friend. I was his best friend, and he was my best friend. And his name was Keaton, and I love that guy. And we rode our bikes to school together. We rode our bikes home for lunch. We were dorks. And we, we did all of those things, right? But we did everything together. We went to the same church and youth group, and we stuck together. And I made it through those first couple years of high school not feeling completely alone because I had the one friend. But it was still something there. I was just like, man, I, I, I want more relationships. I want to have people around. I, I, I need that in my life. And so we, I moved churches. I decided, okay, I don't want to go to that church. And so I came to this church uh, when I was in high school. And when I came to this church, uh, I, it was a great time. I moved to this church, and I made some new friends. A bunch of the kids that came here came to my high school, and I got really involved here, and I loved the rest of high school. I had the greatest friends, and I really think that those friends kept me out of trouble. I didn't go to parties. I didn't drink. I didn't do drugs. Even though a kid in, I remember in junior year of, in lit class, he had a, literally pulled out a joint, and I was sitting next to him. He was like, you want to go smoke this in the bathroom? And I was like, no. And you know why? Because it's dumb, one. And two, because none of my friends would have said yeah. And, none, and, and honestly, if I would have done any of those things, I wouldn't get to be friends with them. They were the people that, and it's not like they would have judged me and kicked me out, but because they didn't do it, I didn't want to do it. I wanted to hang out with them, and they weren't in the places that I shouldn't be. They weren't out drinking. They weren't doing any of those things, so I didn't have to go to those places to have friends. We just hung out, and we had a be like the best time. I loved high school, and I loved that group of friends. Instead of doing all those things, we came to church. We played in the band. We hung out, and we had all this stuff, but here's the next plot twist. All those people that I had such great relationships with in, in school, and I, we were close. We were, we were like the core here of what back in the day was Vertigo. We hung out every weekend. We, we, we just loved each other. I don't talk to a single one of those people anymore. Not a one of those people. And it's not anything like we got in a fight and we just 
you know, and we decided we are no longer friends. It just happened because life happens. I don't talk to any of them. And why am I telling you this? I'm not telling you to just bring the whole room down and just be like, well, that's great. I don't want to be friends with anybody. Everyone's just going to leave me. Friends come and go. That's what you need to know. And you have friends. And you're going to have friends for three reasons. You're going to have friends for reasons. You're going to have friends for seasons. And then occasionally, you might have a friend for a lifetime. Friendship for a reason is things like, I go, we both play football, or we both play tennis, and and so we are always playing tennis together. So hey, let's be friends, because we're playing tennis, and we're around each other, and it's better to have friends while we're playing tennis than to be alone playing tennis, because tennis by yourself is not fun. So you have a friendship, right? Or you both work at Taco Bell, and so you, and you hate working at Taco Bell, so hey, why don't we hate working at Taco Bell together? As friends, then we can hate working at Taco Bell, but at least we're not doing it alone. That there's reasons why we have friends. There's also seasons. Middle school. Middle school was a season, apparently, for me, that where I was gonna have certain friends for that season. And then high school was a new and very like crazy season where everything changed and now there was a new season and now I needed to make new friends and there's going to be times when you're going to have a great friend and they're going to move or whatever. You're going to have friends just for a season. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, for everything there is a season. And on occasions, you might have a friend for a lifetime. And to be honest, one of my friends in high school, his name was Galen. And this is him and me. We were mountain biking up the uh, mountain biking in Moab and stuff. And so uh, he's the one on the left. We kind of look alike. I'm the one on the right. This is a long time ago. Uh, and so I thought my buddy Galen and I were BFFs. Like I thought we were going to be lifetime friends. He actually moved away our senior year of high school. And, and usually I think you go, oh, that, that's not the case. But even after he moved away, we stayed close. We planned mountain bike trips and we would talk and we would hang out and we'd find reasons to get together and he'd come over and hang out for the weekend or I'd go up there and hang out and, and we stay close. And, and for a long time in our life, we stayed close and it was great. But something after a while changed. We, I grew and, and I stayed here and I interned at the church and then I started working at the church and then I got married and, you know, and, I had, and all of a sudden I had a kid and he was still just kind of hanging out. He was just living life. He was a valet at a hotel and just kind of doing whatever, living kind of the bachelor life. And I started noticing in his life that some things were changing. All of a sudden I noticed, man, like what, what used to maybe be like one drink was, oh, a lot of drinks, like two, three, four, five, you know, and, and I start hearing whispers from like a girlfriend or whispers from his, his parents. And all of a sudden, man, he's, he's drinking a lot. Then he has these relationships, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm watching from afar because I'm here, and he's in Denver, and I'm like, what, how, who, where is she living? I thought he was living with his parents, but is, is she living there too? And, and now all of a sudden, he's, he's living with his girlfriend, and, and I'm not trying to be this like judgmental person, but I'm his, I'm his best friend. And I'm looking at him making these decisions in life where we grew up, and I knew the values he had. I knew the, the thoughts, like he, he grew up, he heard the same messages from Pastor Jail that told us why all of those things were wrong and, and we both agreed on those things and we had those same values and those same beliefs and so I'm watching him and I'm going, what, what's, what's going on? Like, why, why is my friend choosing to do this? And so I made the decision to talk to him about it. 
we, he came down, he came down to, to visit and we went mountain biking and, and on our way back from, from Moab, we were driving and I, I started asking him about it. I was like, man, what's, what's going on? Like, what, why, why are you making these decisions? Like, do you know they're, they're wrong, right? And, and we had this conversation and, and I was dreading this conversation for months I did not want to have this conversation because I, I loved Galen. I wanted to be, I, he was my lifetime friend. I wanted to be friends with him for a lifetime. And I'm having to have this conversation and I'm having to risk the friendship because of these decisions that he's making. And so we have that conversation and I confronted him about it. And in that moment, he seemed to agree with me. He seemed to take it well. And then he went home. And after that, it was, we talk maybe once a month, then it was two months, and then it was four months, and then it was eight months, and now we don't talk anymore. And I would have loved to have been able to tell that story different. I would have loved to have been able to say, like, he heard me and went home, and he started making the changes that he necessary. I wanted him to be Uncle Galen to Wallace and Molly. I wanted him to be a part of my life. I wanted to, to be able to like re- reminisce about all the fun and memories and, and all, all those things and continue to do life together and be there as his best man, like he was best man in my wedding. I, w- I wanted to do that with him, but he made a decision. And I had to make a decision too. Even though we had history, even though we had memories and, and fun together, I couldn't let him be a person who was going to be influential in my life if he wasn't going to line up his life the way I feel like Jesus is asking me to line up with my life. And this is really hard to say, but I, 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 don't, I want him to be a little bit blunt with you guys. I don't, I don't care how close you are to someone. I don't care if you've been friends since kindergarten. Plot twists are going to happen, and people are going to change. And you need to hear this, that it's okay to move on if they aren't good for you anymore. Just because you, you grew up, just because you have those memories, those old connections, if they are not good for you anymore, it's okay to move on. Proverbs 27 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. If you're looking at that friendship and you start going, am I being sharpened by them anymore? Ask yourself, are they making you better are, you push, are they pushing you forward? Are they holding you accountable? Are they encouraging you? You don't have to cut them out completely. I, I, I didn't have to cut Galen out. Just the fact that he lived somewhere else, and that that's just sort of the reality of the situation. But you do have to cut them out of sort of your, your inner circle, your circle of influence. They don't, they don't get to give you advice anymore. They don't get to hear about your problems. You don't get to have the same deep conversations with them. They don't get to take a vote on your life anymore because they're not lining up with the way you want to live your life. You're looking at your average and you say, I don't really want this person to pull my average down anymore. I got to find some other people that are going to pull my average up. And how do we handle the plot twists in relationships? How do we do it? Well, we see, we, we see less plot twists. Here's the truth. We see less plot twists if we pick the right ones in the beginning. And now I have friendships and, and, and I've taken my time to make sure that the people that are in my life are good. And I have fantastic friendships. And, and I would love to say that the people in my life right now are friendships that are going to last a lifetime. And, and I believe that. And it, and it may be true and it may be not, but I'm going to 
be a part of these friendships because they're sharpening me, because they're bringing my average up, and that's important. Hebrews 13.5 says, here's the truth, is that God, I will never leave you, and I will never abandon you. And I wrote, and I want you guys to hear that, that God will never leave you and I will never abandon you. So even in a relation, even when you have a moment in life where you have no friends, even the plot twist happens and all your friends abandon you and you feel like you're all alone, you are never alone. God is with you. He will never leave you and he will never abandon you. And that's important because you need to take your time choosing friends. And in that moment when you're all alone, you might panic and go, I just need to find somebody. And you start looking, do you accept me? Great. Okay, and I can hide in this group of, and I can feel accepted, and now I can be a part of this group of friends. But they're not the right ones. They're not the good friends. They're not the friends that you need to have. And so you, you, you don't get swept up in acceptance if you can be okay with being alone for a little bit, knowing that God is with you. We, we can go like, hey, you like Taco Bell and Royal Battle Royale? Great, let's be friends forever. Or you can say, hey, you're my Taco Bell and playing Battle Royale fan, friend. That's what we do together, and that's all we do together. I don't let you may help me make decisions about my life or, or what I should do about school or anything like that. And we can begin to say, like, you're a friend, but you're not that kind of a friend. And we can do all of those things. Not every friendship is for a lifetime. Not every friendship has to be for a season. Sometimes it can just be for a reason, and that is okay. Life with friends. Life with friends is good, and God wants you to have friends, but life with the right friends is so much better. Let's pray. God, we love you so much. We thank you, God, for bringing people into our lives, and I pray, Lord, I pray for good friends for each student in this room. God, I pray for when they look at the five or the two or maybe even just the one friend, and they would go, this person brings me up that they would find friends that sharpen them. They would find friends that hold them accountable. They would find friends that lift them up, encourage them, bring them closer to you, Jesus, that they would have those kinds of friends, Lord. I pray for strength, God, if they're looking at their, their life and they're going, oh, this, this friend's not right for me. This friend is, is not the kind of friend that I need to have in my life. I pray for strength in them, God, that they would be able to make the right decision to hold themselves accountable. They'd be able to hold their friends accountable. They would be able to be the kind of a friend that sharpens their friends and lifts up their friends and encourages their friends and pushes their friends closer to you, Jesus. I pray, Lord, for great friendships in each and every one of these students' lives, God. We thank you, God, and we love you. And it's in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center podcast. For more information on what's happening at 4640, you can check us out on social media or our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights, and we hope to see you there.